Welcome to the Grant Writing and Funding Podcast, where it's all about, you guessed it, grant writing and funding made easy so you can increase capacity, grow funding, and advance your nonprofit or freelance mission. Now, let's hand it over to your host, grants expert and author Holly Rustic, so you can increase your funding and drive impact. Hello, hello, hello. It's Holly Rustic here with Grant Writing and Funding. Thank you so much for stopping by today um, on your week. It is right before Christmas in 2020 as I am releasing this recording. And I'm so excited that you guys have stopped by during your time. Maybe that's coming up to have off and you're listening to this. Now, this is going to be a fantastic episode today. I have with me again. Yay. So we have two more sessions where Dr. Bev, uh, Dr. Beverly Browning, the author of Grant Writing for Dummies, is my co-host throughout the entire month of December. So she has two more episodes with me. And this week, we are talking about branding and messaging for nonprofits. Um, We're going to talk about social media a bit. We're also going to talk about websites. We're going to talk about some basic stuff. But, you know, really things that you can implement immediately. You don't need a huge marketing campaign to implement a lot of what we talk about today. And overall, this is really important because it does impact your credibility. So how you present a nonprofit to the world will impact what kind of funding you get, what kind of donors you attract, all of that. So we are definitely going to discuss that today. So before I get started, I just want to say a huge, huge, huge thank you to Samantha Titano, who wrote a review for the book's anniversary. So I had an anniversary for my book, The Revised Wish Granted, Beginner's Guide to Grant Writing. So we had that and the birthday was on November 24th, one years old. So far in 2020, it has placed number one in various categories on Amazon, and the book is used in colleges throughout North America uh, for their curriculum and grant courses and other uh, courses that where they want to learn how to write grants. So once again, the Beginner's Guide to Grant Writing, and I had a little competition where if you left a review of the book that you would be able to enter in and win $25 donation to your nonprofit of choice. So Miss Samantha Titano, she wrote, simple, concise, and must have when starting to write grants. Holly does an excellent job of putting together important grant writing information and FAQs in this easy to read book. A great introduction to those looking to dip their toes in the grant pool and great insights and reminders to those who might have more experience. I really enjoyed the worksheets in the book, which help you sort out your ideas, reinforce information, and practice ideas taught in the book. So thank you so much, Miss Samantha. I will be reaching out to you to see where we can um, put your $25 donation for your the nonprofit that you want to donate it to. That could be yours even. All right, so thank you once again. We like to have fun stuff like that on this show from time to time. You know, the grant writing and fundraising and all of these things in the world are actually really exciting. Some people are like, oh my gosh, it's so dry. But let me tell you, getting money for passionate projects and implementing it and, you know, being able to fund people to have jobs and, um, you know, animal shelters to do really cool things, like all the things that you guys do in the world and getting the money to do it, that's pretty darn exciting to me. I don't know. (laughs) Anyways... So, um, and just one more announcement before we kick off today's episode, and that is you're going to hear Dr. Bev and I discussing the Nonprofit Startup Academy. 
So we had a super early bird sale, which a lot of you guys signed up for. So I'm excited to say that there's already people in the course. And we have our final early bird, which ends December 31st, 2020. So if you want to get that final early bird, you better sign up now <laughs> for that. We kick off the live course every Thursday in January. So every Thursday in January, we have at 3.30 Eastern Standard Time, we have a 90-minute session where we go over certain things to help you start a nonprofit or grow a nonprofit, or maybe you're a freelancer and that's another service that you wanna provide, helping nonprofits get started and helping growing them, right, to grow them, not just through writing grants, but you can do other things. And we're gonna be talking about those other things and there are over 70 templates and downloadables. It is ridiculous, all right? That includes a nonprofit uh, total calendar that you can uh, download, also articles of incorporation samples, bylaw samples, all of these things that you can utilize as a template. So you don't have to redesign everything. You don't have to Google and you know find bits and pieces of it to put it together. We give you everything, all right, that you will need. And we give you the live training, including Q&A at the end, and we give you the opportunity to definitely watch the replays. Plus, we're throwing in a Chromebook. So if you attend all four sessions in January, you get the opportunity to win a Chromebook. Like, this is so exciting. So I told you we have fun here. All right, guys. So without further ado, let's get into today's episode on branding and what, the why, the where, the what, the how. All right, we're doing it all today. So <laughs> please help me welcome Dr. Beverly Browning. Hello, hello, hello. It's Ali Rustic with Grant Writing and Funding. And I have on with me again, my co-host for December, Dr. Beverly Browning, author of Grant Writing for Dummies. Thank you so much and welcome to the, the show and being a co-host throughout December. Thank you for inviting me. This has been so much fun. I can't wait till January. I know. So excited. So we're doing the Nonprofit Startup Academy. So um, those of you who have been tuning in to December uh, podcast, um, you know, you know all about it. And for those of you who might be just listening to this for the first time, we are doing a Nonprofit Startup Academy. And we've been talking, going behind the scenes and showing you different things throughout the month of December. Um, but that is coming up in January, every Thursday um, in January for four weeks, we're going to be doing a live Q&A, live training and tons of templates. So if you are thinking about starting a nonprofit in 2021, but you just don't know where to start, or if you've already started a nonprofit and man, it has hit a plateau and you just, you know, you don't want to dissolve or you're thinking about it or you want to grow it, this is for you. Or if you're a freelancer and you want to start a, another um, stream of income coming in because you have had people coming to you asking, hey, can you help me st get started as a nonprofit? This could be a service that you provide. So please do come and show up in January to our Nonprofit Startup Academy. Super excited about it. <laughs> and it's going to be live, right, Dr. Bev? So it's, it's fun. We're actually going to be recording it as well, but this is going to be the time where we do it live. So get in on this. There's an early bird to the end of December. So you do want to join it because this will be the best price that it's going to be and it's going to have the live component to it. And we have a sneak peek coming up. Yes. Yeah, we have a sneak peek coming up. So we're definitely going to be showing you that. Um, the other thing I wanted to celebrate today, and I'm so glad that you're on the show, is it is the 150th episode of Grant Writing and Funding. Ah! <laughs> 
super excited. And it's right before Christmas. So Merry Christmas to everyone out there. Yeah. Happy holidays. We're super excited. Absolutely. Merry Christmas. Happy holidays. Happy Hanukkah. Everything. Everything. Yeah. We're super excited. You guys are tuning in today. Um, and we're going to be talking about branding today. So this is really important. As you've been listening along, hopefully the last few weeks, you can always go back to it. We have been talking about first just red flags, nonprofit red flags. So that was great that we covered a lot of those. You'll definitely want to listen to episode 147 if you haven't yet to get those. And then we talked about strategic plans gone bad, right? And what you need to look for is, and those too, and some misassociated with that in 148. 149 last week, we talked about money, money, money. I love that, Dr. Bev. So definitely looking at how you make a nonprofit healthy with funding streams. That was fantastic. So today we're going to be talking about the branding. How do you get your nonprofit noticed? And to make sure that when your nonprofit is noticed, it's noticed in a good way. (laughs) So Yeah. So we'll be talking about that. So um, as we get into that, just to talk about branding a little bit, like what are the main things that you kind of see off with branding, Dr. Bev, and how it can really harm a nonprofit? The red flags on branding are having an organization that has, uh, that goes to using an acronym for its name or its primary program without realizing that the acronym is, is offensive. Ah. Um, I had a project that came from a K-12 school district, actually, mm-hmm. and it was from their educational foundation, which was a 501c3, mm-hmm. and it was something like curriculum realignment and assessment process, but the acronym was CRAP. I've got to pause live at that. And they didn't want to change the name and they wanted to use the acronym throughout the grant proposal. No, 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 no. So much convincing to get them to change that. And they went from CRAP to something that was the acronym was CLAP. And it was like, seriously? So when you're coming up with a name for the organization and you want it to be trendy, look at what the acronym's going to look like before you actually decide on the official name during startup, because the way you brand it is the way people think of you. And unless your nonprofit is specializing in affordable porta potties, you don't want crap as the acronym. (laughs) Oh, that's too funny. But it's true. I've seen stuff like that, too. And it's like, mm, I don't think this is going to work, you know, and even some companies, I think, you know, um, throughout the last year with all the social movements, they've even seen that maybe their acronyms or their names or their slogans that they were offensive in some ways. And they just didn't look at it like that before. Absolutely. Yeah. And that goes back to, once again, podcast episode 147, a board of directors, and really looking at who's on your board. You want to make sure you have different diversity and input, and just so you can catch those things. Because if you're all coming from the same point of view, it's hard to see the crap. <laughs> it's hard to see. There the is. Crap. It's the so. crap and the crap. Okay. <laughs> so that's Definitely. really good. So one of the most affordable ways that you can brand yourself when you're brand new and you still don't have a logo or even signage up, maybe you're going to be in a donated storefront or the basement of a church to hand out, you know, soup 
for like a soup kitchen or something, mm -hmm. you can use an online printing service um, like Vistaprint and your board members, they all, everybody, the CEO and the board members, you need a business card with the nonprofit's name on it. If yeah. you don't have a regular logo, find one that's suitable and appropriate for what you do and connected to your mission or vision mm -hmm. and don't have names on it, like the names of people. It's just the name of the nonprofit, the address, the telephone number, uh, the website as well would be really nice. And they can always like, if you have a blank on the back, if you have like nothing on the back of it at all. So just writing and then nothing on the back. I have a, a logo on mine, but you can have a plain white back. Mm -hmm. That way they can take and with a pen, a felt tip pen or an ink pen and write their name on the back when they give right. it to someone. So that that person who might be a potential contributor, a donor could call the number and say, hi, I was given one of your cards by John Williams. Mm -hmm. He said he's a board member and he was out asking for donations and we don't have any money, but we do have extra tables and chairs that we're not using anymore. And they're just like new. And if you can get someone with like a, a rental truck to come over, we have a hundred chairs and we have 30 long six foot tables that are in brand new condition. Is that something you could use? Mm -hmm. Well, of course, because even if you don't have a training room, if that, if you're going to offer training or a meeting room, that can always be divided up in garages of board members. Mm -hmm. It's something you could resell and actually yeah. have revenue. You could put it out at a yard sale or a garage mm -hmm. sale and put a few out each week. Think of things that are given to you that can be turned into money if you can't yeah. use them right away. And money is your number one need. So mm -hmm. branding begins with a business card. And mm -hmm. again, everyone can write their name on the back. So everyone can use the same card. You don't need like 12 different orders for the board, another order for the executive. You don't have that kind of money to waste. Right. Also, Nonprofits want to look expensive right off the bat. Mm -hmm. So they want to go to a printer and have letterhead stationery created. And mm -hmm. they want to put every board member's name on it. Mm -hmm. But what happens when the board changes? Exactly. Are you really branding anything mm -hmm. when mm -hmm. your letterhead is really thick and embossed and Stevie Wonder could feel the names with you know his fingers? Mm -hmm. That looks like you wasted money on the wrong yeah. thing you're asking for money so brand yourself consistently and uh cost effectively yeah. so that yeah. there is a way for people to know who's on the board who's the executive director who gave me this card mm -hmm. who shall i call but don't just have people out there saying hey i volunteer for this organization and we really need donations well where's their evidence even volunteers can have a card that yeah. just has the basic contact information on one side and then again this last side would be blank and they would mm -hmm. write their name on it and put up under it volunteer mm -hmm. that way you're not wasting cards they're not floating out there you can ask at your board meetings who needs additional cards this week has anybody depleted their inventory when yeah. your volunteers come in and they sign in hello mm -hmm. sign in always track volunteer hours mm -hmm. they have mm -hmm. monetary value we'll talk about that as well in mm -hmm. our 
four-week nonprofit startup academy, but mm-hmm. even volunteers need to leave with little cards that they can plan around. It's like mm-hmm. planting seeds in the community of givers and contributors and donors mm-hmm. to find out who you are and to want to give to you. Absolutely. I love that. And just something as basic and low hanging, I mean, that can be done very minimal, right? I mean, even nowadays, a lot of people have apps on their phones, right, for uh, cards. So you could even have people take pictures of the card and then it integrates into their phone right away. So that's a great way of repurposing, right? So there's so many different ways as far as branding. Um, What I always like to, and I always try to, you know, nonprofits who are really looking for branding and how to do it simple, I say, it's also important to really, once again, look back at that mission and vision statement, look back at who you are, who you serve, and make sure the name of your nonprofit makes sense. And then it's not taken by somebody else. It's not used by another company. Maybe it's a for-profit company that uses that acronym quite a bit, right? Um, And then, you know, so it is sort of distinctive. And to really understand a branding, what, what's helped me and my business and with so many nonprofits I love is a branding portfolio. So a branding portfolio, it's just one page. It can be one page. The best ones I think are just one page and they have the different colors you're gonna use, right? So you can be consistent on your website and your social media, everything. So if you come up with some great colors, maybe just two or three, but you actually have the numbers. So it's called a Pantone, right? It's a funny name for it, but it makes me think of Pantene, but it's a Pantone. So it has like the hashtag with the different numbers and letters that actually make it. So if you put that hashtag with those numbers and letters, in anything online, you're going to see that exact same color, right? So if you have two or three colors developed like that, you know what those are. At least you have those somewhere with the, the Pantones. And then you might have a couple of fonts that you pick. Something very basic I always tell people to use, right? I know people love the swirly, like hard to read stuff, but that's just not going to translate. You want to stick with basic and simple. And then Maybe you have the curvy thing as just an accent font, right? But to know what the names of those fonts are is important as well, because when they see it on your business card or on your, on your letterhead, if it's electronic or on your website or anywhere, they, can, they know who you are. And those are things that you can just do, you know, very, you can hire somebody, but you can also just do on your own when you're looking at different fonts and, and colors, right? Like that is actually free to look for. And then you can go ahead and maybe base your logo on, on integrating those things. So I think it's good when you have the colors that you're gonna use using those Pantones, the font names, and then your logo, all on one sheet and maybe you just hang that up somewhere so you can see it right and in that way when you're developing um you're you're developing your social media presence right and you want to create a graphic you just use those you go to those or if you're on your website and you want to make it look consistent you can go back to those so that's something you can definitely i think that helps with consistency as well you know just on the um on the look of branding, right? So once again, that it can sound like technical, but really guys, there's a lot of user-friendly places. One place I love to use is Canva. Um, I don't know if you've used that, Dr. Bev, but yeah, that's, yeah, she's shaking her head. Yes, yes, Canva is great. And you can really make graphics on there um, very easily. They have a lot of templates. So then once again, you could just put in your Pantones and your font and you can create any graphic and you can put that on your social media 
or create a newsletter. You can even create landing pages for if you don't have a website, you can create landing pages. Um, so it's a really good thing to have. Um, but what is yeah? What is your view? I, websites. I think websites. They're the home, right? They're like your nonprofit's home. It's a good to have a place. And I see a lot of nonprofits, they just use Facebook or they just use Instagram, you know, and they don't have a website. And I always say, ooh, that's not a good thing. You need to have a website. Like what's kind of your view on that? I want to see them with a website, but the website has to be easy to find. Yeah. So I've seen nonprofits actually register a website with their uh, area code mm -hmm. and phone number, dot org. And hmm. it's like, seriously, somebody wants to put in that whole thing in order no, no, to no, no, find no. you? How are they going to find you? Um, but there's another part I was just thinking of too, Holly. Mm -hmm. uh, probably 20 years ago, a lot of nonprofits came out with phone numbers where it would be 1-800-CALL-CARE or something oh, like right, that. right, right. Mm -hmm. Letters. Okay, take a look at your dial pad on your smartphones, and those numbers don't have little letters attached to them, uh, not unless you're using the old school flip phone, right. literally. So try to stay with the numbers and yeah. don't design a cutesy you know, wordy so that it's words instead of actual numbers, mm -hmm. because it will be difficult for people to figure out how to exactly dial your number. I love that. Yeah. And that's so true. I remember that. And you still see that even on a lot of commercials, like yes. 800 call, da, da, da. but you're right. You wouldn't know how to do that. Like you'd have to, no. it would be so confusing. <laughs> Yeah, so that's crazy. But yeah, I love that. That's just something you should consider. And keeping it right, I love looking at your URL, right? So that's what you're thinking, like www. Um, uh, say the nonprofit's name is uh, carefoundation.org, right? So whatever you're looking at, make sure that it's the same or it relates somehow. It's usually best to have your name as a nonprofit so it's easy to remember as your URL. Um, so it's very clear. And then when you're, you're talking to people, if you had like care and love foundation, is it, you know, it's all spelled out a and D right. The, and so those types of things, just to be able to, can you spell it too? Because a lot of times when you're just saying it to somebody over the phone or whatnot, you want to be able to also be able to spell it. Right. So if it's kind of witty and it's like, Oh, but it's K with a care because it's like this background of whatever it's like, well, people aren't going to find it. Don't be witty. <laughs> Don't don't be waiting with like one of the um, I know someone who wanted to merge their kids. They have three kids. They have three kids, right? Merge their names together to make the name of the nonprofit. It got to the point where you couldn't even say like, I didn't know how to say the name of the nonprofit. So I was like, I understand where you're coming from in your heart. And I think it's beautiful, but people aren't going to know how to say your name. They're not going to know how to spell it. Like you've got to, you know what I mean? Maybe that's a part of your slogan or whatnot, but your name has to be clear. Carrie, Larry, Mary. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I see it closing its doors very soon. Yes, yes. So you want to make sure that, you know, the wittiness, right, it's taken out of it. But you can still incorporate that in your copy of your website or whatnot. But just to make sure that the name and the phone number, very clear, very easy to memorize. Even um, the email addresses, 
right? So maybe it's just, you know, if it's the name of your nonprofit, then it's easy to put like, so if it is Care Foundation, then it would be like Bev at carefoundation, right?.com. So, or, you know, so that's, that's a way to look at it too, is to make sure everything makes sense and it's connected. So it's very repetitious throughout. And then even looking at then branding your social media, right? Your handles should all be the same the care foundation. So it's, you know, at care foundation on Instagram at care foundation on Facebook, on LinkedIn, all of the places where you want to host your social media is all very much the same. So I think that can really help. Mm -hmm. I'm seeing a lot of the smaller nonprofits that only have a presence on Facebook. Yeah. And that worries me Mm -hmm. because the large scale donors, foundations, corporations, and everybody else who has the ability to give, guess what? They're on LinkedIn, linkedin.com. And all you have to do is post your wish list after you add hundreds of contacts from people who are known givers and foundation directors and program staff and corporations, then your wish list can be fulfilled. But there's no use in being on LinkedIn if you only have one connection. Right. Um, and that's, you know, your next door neighbor. It's mm-hmm. not going to help. You have to, th- it, this takes work. It takes it as does. much effort to build your brand mm-hmm. as it does to do a strategic plan mm-hmm. because you want to build the brand the right way and you want to not have just um, non connected series of of posts in your feed, every feed has to have the purpose of reaching the right target audience with the right message for what you need at the right time. Absolutely. I mean, and that's the thing too, is um, the website, going back to the website, and if you're only on Facebook, right, Facebook can change tomorrow. You can get locked out because of something or another, like it's not yours, right? It's not, it's owned by another company. Whereas if your website, then it can be, and you can, you know, there's um, Squarespace, there's Wix, there's all kinds of like uh, website providers that are very, um, you know, easy to enter, low cost. um, And you just need even one page just to get started. But it is nice to have that. This is my home. And then if you have your presence also on social media, like you said, LinkedIn is very important to be on as a nonprofit. Um, and even trying to find funding, like I love it because if I just put in say the Ford Foundation, then all of a sudden the Ford Foundation is going to pop up, but everybody that works there, right, is also going to pop up. So I might be able to get past gatekeepers by being able to have access to them on LinkedIn. So it is a beautiful platform that is underutilized, I think, by nonprofits. Absolutely. And you have to work hard. Um, I work every day for at least an hour building connections. And this time last year, I had 5,000 and now I'm heading toward 13,000. Wow. And it makes a big difference. Like for my clients, I'll post their wish lists on there Mm -hmm. and give them the link, you know, to donate directly to the client. And the wish list gets taken away pretty quick, especially if they have like an Amazon wish list and I yeah. post that link. Everything's purchased before I can even get there because everybody scrambled to buy things that would be direct shipped to the client for their new daycare or for That's their reception so area. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So there's definitely it's good to have that consistency, that place to go. And the other thing too, I love that you talked about the links, right? Like so if you have a link to give or a link you want people to go to. So whatever you're promoting on social media, maybe it's to get more volunteers, maybe it's to, you know, to give, maybe it's just to join your newsletter to build your email list. 
Um, those links have to work. I have clicked on so many links that nonprofits put out there and it goes to a 404 error page, mm -hmm. you know? So it's like important to triple check, you know, to kind of target your, your URLs and make sure they're linking to something, um, especially for donations, right? Because if it doesn't go anywhere and you get people clicking on there, then that's kind of, eh, you know, <laughs> you're losing exactly. a lot. Mm -hmm. And don't put too many animated um, items on your web page, like videos and, you know, dancing bears or whatever, because mm -hmm. it's a slow load and people yep. lose their patience. So if I want to investigate a nonprofit that has asked me to donate to them mm -hmm. and they give me their website and I wait five minutes for the entire site to load yeah. because it's yeah. got like the grand Hollywood entry and sparks mm -hmm. going off and, you know, videos playing and music in the background. And it's like, okay, they probably spent $50,000 on this website and they're asking for a donation of $50. Does that make sense? Seriously? No, no. I always say simple is best, right? And that's why I go back to the fonts, simple fonts, basic colors. You don't want too many. You want the same fonts. Cause if you go to a website and there's, you know, 10 different fonts, 13 different shades of blue. It's, it's so overwhelming and there's so much going on that people get headaches. <laughs> like, literally, you know, like they need to be, you want people to be happy when they get there to be able to easily land out loads within a few seconds, like you're saying, not to be super busy and they know exactly what to do. So you don't want too many, give to this, do this, blah, 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 like join this. Then they don't know what to do and they will do nothing. So they'll be confused exactly. and leave. Yeah. And you don't think you can create your own website, check with your board members, check with yep. your volunteers. If you have children that are in high school, check with them because more than likely they can whip up a new website for you faster than you yes. even realize that they knew how to do that. So literally there's a lot of help out there and have a website that is revenue producing. It may even just be a trickle. So on my website, the foundation um, no longer has a website because I felt like the grant writing tr training foundation was too much for people to remember. So I just went to bevbrowning.com mm -hmm. and then it talks about the foundation there. Mm -hmm. But uh, there are Amazon associate selling links with books for nonprofits that I recommend that are on the website. And it may not seem like a lot, but today I got up and I got a notice that there was like $7 and 99 cents um, moved into the foundation's bank account. Okay, this stuff adds up when you have 10 or 15 different books on there at the bottom that are, you know, all related to mm -hmm. your area in the nonprofit sector or industry that people can buy to get more information. And it's even better if you have a board member or a volunteer mm -hmm. that can write ebooks or ebook chats to put up there and they donate the money back to you so you've got to really think about branding yourself but there's so much that's why we have we devote an entire po uh, podcast as well as our lessons to it and then we have a ton of resources in our resource folders yep. that you'll have a link to on the best way to brand yourself the most affordable way and how to get the word out there because if you misbrand yourself in the beginning it stays with you forever, no matter yeah. what you do. It's like having a bad relative that keeps coming back for dinner and eating everything, literally. Yeah. Um, 
you have to be careful. And Holly is an expert in this. I actually turned to her and listened to her branding ideas. Mm -hmm. I never took a marketing class. I just figured it out from the school of hard knocks Mm -hmm. and I got lucky, but we're in an environment. And that was what, 43 years ago um, before that. But with today's environment, new nonprofits as well as existing nonprofits Mm -hmm. need the right kind of branding. You are so right about that, Holly. Yeah, yeah, thank you. And I, yeah, I appreciate that because it is important. Um, We are, you know, thinking about it from the perspective of being a donor, right? And I think that's a good way to kind of test your brand is to say, okay, I'm going to look at it through the lens of I want to give to this nonprofit and you know, see what they're doing and can I do that? So that's a good thing for your board members to do too, is once it's developed, have them go through it and make sure that they can click on all the links, that it goes to where they want, that it leads them through the journey that it needs to take them on. Because a lot of times you, you know the needs of your nonprofit, you know what the things are and you just don't clearly write them all. We do this in grants too, right? With the nonprofits a lot of times. And that's why we have to know this is technical writing. And it's the same thing with your, your copy on your website. You need to make sure that you say what the need is, you know, why it's important that people get involved, how they can get involved. So you really want to lead them through this very clearly. It doesn't mean it has to be longer, right? It doesn't mean it has to be like super long and in depth. So it's actually like shorter paragraphs are better and to the point and just giving them one thing that you want to lead them to. What do you want them to do? Do you want them to donate? Do you want them to go in your newsletter? What do you want them to do? And think through it from that perspective. And if it loads, your website loads fast, it's easy to follow, it's easy to see the impact, right? Then they're really going to want to become involved. So yeah, for everyone out there, just to make sure that um, you know a good good way to test your branding is to have your board members, your beneficiaries, um, to check out your website, to go on there, and to make sure that you know there's no edits, there's all the things, right? So it can be very. Um, but once again, like Dr. Bev said, it doesn't have to be expensive. Yes, you can hire people to help you with this, but there are a lot of cost-effective ways to do this. You can get interns. I've had interns from the marketing department help me with different things, right? And they got credit for doing it. So it was really, you know, they've that you can really tap into universities. You can tap into even high school students, like you said, Dr. Buff, because a lot of times they need, um, they also are doing some kind of like service learning component where it's good for them, you know, to get credit to uh, volunteer at a nonprofit and to do something. And this way they're building up their skills as well. So definitely, yeah, checking out and making sure that your branding makes sense because funder, funders will be looking at you. And I love that you talked about guidestar.org in our last episode because that's a great place where you want to make sure that your profile is all filled out <laughs> because funding sources will be looking for you. And it can be some of the same information you have on your website. You can repurpose some of the same information over and over again. Make sure your mission statement is there, your vision statement, your goals, your objectives. Um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's really beautiful how you can repurpose that even from your social media, you can pull bits and pieces from your website and make posts out of that information. So yeah. Absolutely. And the right branding can attract community, regional, and national partnerships to your organization. Mm -hmm. And that's another piece we're going to be covering in week four of our nonprofit startup academy. That is, you have to have partnerships and affiliations with other nonprofits, government agencies, faith-based agencies, education, you name it. Because why? 
because that's what funders want to see. Mm -hmm. They want to know that you're not out there on the boat alone looking for money, mm -hmm. but that you have community partners that are willing to step up and leverage what you're asking for with services, goods, time, or even a matching grant, depending on where their source of income is and what they can afford to do to help you get your programs up and running. Mm -hmm. So you don't just need partnerships with funders or potential yeah. funders. You mm -hmm. need partnerships with organizations. And don't think that because they're a partner, they're going to take a piece of the pie of the grant yeah. award when you finally go for grants away from you. That's not how real partnerships work. Mm -mm. Absolutely. It's coming from that out of that competitive mindset to the collaboration mindset. And that's mm -hmm. when it can really, yeah, there's can be so much more impact and such a wider reach when you do the stakeholder partnerships. So yeah, really good. Okay. So yeah, so that's what we have for you guys this week is looking about your branding. So now that you learned, you know, different things to consider all the way starting from your name, <laughs> your acronyms, right? And then also looking at how that relates then to your URLs, your www dot name, and looking at even what's a branding portfolio? How can you really simplify what your branding to look like? So then it can be consistent on all of the platforms. Also your need for a website, your need for social media engagement. Of course, we talked about LinkedIn a little bit and then just really looking at how it really connects to your partners and how it connects to funding sources. So once again, this is all super integrated and um, we're gonna be discussing it more just in a couple of weeks. We're kicking off our uh, nonprofit startup academy. So you guys will definitely wanna be in on that. And once again, um, Dr. Bev, thanks for co-hosting again with me. This is so much fun. <laughs> Thank you. I enjoy hanging out with you, Holly. Yeah. <laughs> this is great. And thank you for celebrating the 150th episode right before Christmas. Oh, this is so much fun. Yay! <laughs> so you guys all out there have a fantastic Christmas um, and just the holidays, uh, Hanukkah, all of that. Have a wonderful time this year. Um, and we will see you next week as we go into our final episode in this series about nonprofits. And we're going to be looking at sustainability. So going just, you know, from just surviving to thriving and also looking at how to really look at your new year. So we know we're going to be going into 2021. So it's exciting. <laughs> so any final words today, Dr. Bev? I would just like to say you're going to learn so much and the package we're giving you is worth 10 times more yeah, than absolutely. our very meager registration fee. Mm -hmm. So start budgeting now. If your new budget starts on January 1st, look to see if you have professional development dollars in your line item. You can even use it as consulting dollars. We're consultants. We're doing mm -hmm. the training. That works. That's fine. Um, but there are multiple ways to do this. Just think about the importance of what you're going to walk away with and how much stronger your nonprofit's going to be. Absolutely. Absolutely. And just once again, the early bird does end on December 31st. So make sure you do sign up for that as you will be saving quite a bit of money. So it's going to be awesome for you. <laughs> So you want to make sure you get money, registered. Money. A lot of money. Yes, a lot. <laughs> so you want to make sure you get registered at that time and really commit to something for the new year. All right. So we'll, we will see you guys next week. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. I so hope you enjoyed this episode today. It was so much fun to be with Dr. Beverly Brownie again. And we got to celebrate the 150th episode of Grant Writing and Funding. How much fun is that? 
Anyways, just once again, a very warm Merry Christmas, Happy Hanukkah, Happy Holidays to all of you guys out there who are listening, tuning in. I really hope that you take the time during this holiday season to relax, to get rejuvenated, to reflect, and just get excited about 2020. All right, guys, I will see you next week. Um, And as always, if you love this podcast, um, please, please, please leave a review on iTunes or your podcast listener. Um, That does help other people find the podcast. And go ahead and visit grantwritingandfunding.com forward slash 150 for any of the notes for today's episode. All right, guys, I will see you next week as we celebrate Dr. Beverly Browning's last co-hosting in December on the Grant Writing and Funding Podcast.